Welcome to Quotable, a female millennial entrepreneur podcast. The show by and for female millennial entrepreneurs who are building and running thriving, successful businesses while living life to the fullest. I'm your host, Alessandra Polina, owner of Quotable Media Co., a PR and media company. After nearly 10 years of building a PR agency, I've learned a lot about business and entrepreneurship, but the most valuable things have always come through conversation with other women who have been in it too, and I want to share all of that with you. So sit back, fill your coffee cup up, and listen in. I'm so excited to be here today with Rachel Myers, founder of The Collective Co., a co-working space in the South Shore of Massachusetts, just outside of Boston. Rachel, thank you so much for coming on. And is that how you say it? Do you say South Shore? Yeah. Thank you for having me. South Shore, we're located in North Citrate, Massachusetts. So just south of Boston, right on the coast by the water. Um, Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much. Yeah, I am. I I've obviously like as you know have always loved what you're doing. I think that it's like I know that you know co-working spaces and women's focused co-working spaces have become like more popular in the last several years. Um, and I was just I just remember being so excited when I saw that you were opening this one specifically because it's like actually one that I could visit. I never like had seen one like within the area before that like I could go to. Um, and I just think that, you know, it's so cool and special what you've built. So I want to hear, I know it's like a lot has gone into it over the last couple years. Um, so let's start there in terms of just like, what was that, what was that journey like for you? Where did the idea come from and how did you like actually create this? Yeah, I would love to. So it's quite a story. Um, you know, I'll fast, I'll rewind. I'll go back a little bit, um, to kind of like my early motherhood days, um, which was what I would say really started to spark the idea of wanting a place that had this, uh, idea of community built into it. But I was a mom. I thought right now my kids are five and seven. Um, and at the time, this was probably three or four years ago. Uh, you know, they were little, we, I was still in kind of the early throes of motherhood and trying to balance what that meant in terms of life and career and just having, um, these big moments and these big happenings. Um, I was in corporate and I left my corporate job when I had my son. Um, so I was kind of just going through all the things that many mothers go through as they're trying to kind of find identity around where they are in their lives and what it means to become a mother and make these big changes. Um, I felt really lucky that I could be a stay at home mom and make that transition, uh, and, you know, have that opportunity with my family to be close with the kids. But the more I was staying at home, the more kind of isolated I felt. Um, and I know I've spoken with so many mothers who feel the same. Um, and I've always worked, I've always done things. I've always had passion projects or things going on. So I ended up actually starting, um, a branding and design business. I came from a world of, um, design and graphic design and marketing in my background. I was working in corporate and art directing a team of people. So I wanted to kind of find a way to keep up those skills and be able to do something essentially during naps and at night. So that's when I worked. Um, and I had some amazing clients that came to me and I was able to build brands for them and, you know, be creative while still holding on to all of the different things, you know, all the little identities that I had in my life. Um, but through that process, I also was trying to find a place to meet clients and have conversations without my kids running around in the background. Um, and I really just started to develop this need for a place to go. I had heard of the wing in Boston, but it was way too far for me to commute. I knew there was no way I could drive, you know, an hour and a half into the city during, you know, traffic, uh, here on the South shore, that's often what you get. Um, this was of course pre pandemic, but I really craved something like that closer to home and with, I think a smaller community aspect feel to it. Um, so I was looking for something somewhere to go to bounce ideas off of one another. I had also come from in my design world, um, in the corporate world, you know, in an art department where I think I was just used to being surrounded by a small group of people who were 
always willing to share ideas and just be creative together. So I was like, I think I just need to create this. (laughs) Um, and it was very ambitious. I will say at the time, uh, thinking that I would just be able to go out and do this. Um, but I basically just started educating myself around what that meant and having a lot of conversations with friends and family about what did they see value in that? If there was something like this here on the South shore, would they even go, would you pay money for that? So that was kind of where the idea started. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. I mean, I think it's like, I don't know. I love that. Cause it's, it's so like, I feel like I've been in that situation so many times in life too. Right. I'm like, I want this thing and it doesn't exist. I guess I have to make it. It's kind of like, yeah. you just have to create what you want and what you need. And I mean, obviously yeah. it was needed, right? Like, I mean, yeah, well, how- we had no idea, right. With the pandemic, what, well, what yeah. was to come. Um, but I do think like that is often how so many incredible businesses are started. Like it truly starts with a passion and an idea and a need most often. Um, and if there's love and and passion behind it, you know, you can more than likely build it into something. Um, but I definitely, I took some time. I had a lot of conversations and, uh, even with my, my husband and my family about, all right, if I, if we do this, because I know this is going to be a family affair, if we do this, what does that mean? What does it mean financially for our family? What does it mean from a time perspective? What does it mean for my role as a mother? Um, I always knew I wanted to go back into the workforce in some capacity. I just wasn't sure if I was ready to hop back into corporate life. Um, so this felt like kind of a nice transition. And I, you know, took a lot of the money that I had been making from my design clients and just started putting it aside and started saving and saving. And, um, you know, even my husband and I, we had to have a lot of like very serious conversations around our finances and investing in this, um, and what that would mean and what happens if it fails. So scary, big conversations, but you know, every, everyone has to start somewhere. So, yeah. And I want to go more into that, I think in in a second too, but I want to back up for one second first and just like in terms and think about like when you were, okay, this is a thing that I want to do. I think it's needed. I need this space. Like, did you do any kind of like formal kind of research process to try to figure out like, okay, are there enough other people in the area who like really will come use this? Like what kind of, like, what did that look like to kind of figure out if it was like something people were actually going to, cause I feel like, you know, you're always like, people say they want things all the time. Right. And then like you do it, like this happens with me. I'm like, people are always like, Oh, let's do like an event with like other female entrepreneurs and like set up a whole event and like two people sign up. Right. Like that's, (laughs) and it's like, you all said you wanted this. (laughs) Totally. It's really hard. And I think, you know, having an idea and people saying they love it and they're interested is very different than someone actually making the purchase and handing over their credit card. Right. Um, and you know, I, so I essentially dove fully into the world of co-working. Um, I started just researching every small co-working space that I could find all over the country. Uh, and there are a lot, there's a lot of them. So, you know, co-working is, um, I guess it's a newer concept, right? It's, it's something that, um, is really blowing up lately more so than, than not, but I would say probably in the past 10 to 15 years, it's started to make a footprint into more suburban communities, um, which is wonderful, but I just really started living in that world. Uh, and then I found my, my niche group of people that I could talk with who were already doing it. So, uh, I basically started networking with other co-working space owners. I found a woman who owns, uh, a space called Groundwork in New Bedford. Um, so she was another Massachusetts based, uh, space owner and asked if she would be willing to just talk to me about, you know, like I'm just starting out with this idea. How, how has it been? And what have you found doing something similar? Um, she was absolutely she was just so wonderful. Like, it was really nice to be able, and then, you know, some people wrote back and were like, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't have the time to talk to you. And I'm like, I get it. I basically want to do what you're doing. It's, you know, it could be tough to share and time perspective on all of that. So, um, I really was just putting myself out there and being like, here I am. I have no idea what I'm doing. I have a lot of questions. Would you be willing to chat with me about it? 
Um, and then uh, actually the woman um, that I spoke to in New Bedford, she recommended a podcast and for me to get in touch with a woman named Jamie Russo from Everything Coworking. And she's been in the co-working world for many, many years and has built an educational component around it for space owners. So I was like, oh, here are my people. Yeah, that was exactly. <laughs> um, it was exactly what I needed. And I think every little niche most likely has something like that. And it just takes a little time to find where that group is. And if they don't, then I would say go out and create it because there's going to be other people who are wanting to do the same thing. And again, having community around anything that you're trying to accomplish is huge in making that happen. Um, so through that, I was able to really learn a lot of the ins and outs of co-working just from a financial perspective. How do I work on my numbers? How do I determine my capacity and what numbers I need to hit every month? Um, all of, all of the, you know, hard questions that need to be answered. Um, but while I was doing that, I was also building out a business plan and um, getting really specific with that plan about the market that we have here on the South Shore, how many women are here, how many women are working corporate, how many women are small business owners, um, how many women are commuting into Boston versus how many women are just here staying home and trying to work in between naps and at night, like I was doing. Uh, so it was a lot of research, a lot of, you know, even calling local chambers, going to the town halls to see if I could get any like census information, that sort of thing. So I was just doing a complete deep dive on my, what I thought was my target market and my audience. Um, and also like really defining who that person is that need, that would, that needed what I needed. Um, which is a physical place to go and work, some really great amenities, and this sense of community that I wanted to build. Yeah, I love that. And obviously, I mean, you found that there was a need for it, I imagine, since you did open it, and it seems <laughs> to be working, um, yeah. which must be validating and cool just to have been like, okay, yes, like I was right. This is a thing people need, and now I need to figure out how to actually open it, like how to make it happen. Did you just, I mean, I'm, I'm curious about some of the kind of like specifics around how you did that. Yeah. Like, did you just find a space and you personally rent the space and then can like yeah. rent, like sell people the memberships or did you kind of partner with like a real estate place or something that had a space and would work with you to kind of figure that out or what is like yeah. what the actual well, logistics look like? I'll say brick and mortar is a, a beast. <laughs> Well, it seems like it's already so, I mean, yeah, it's so hard to find what you need and to like, just that's that whole piece of it sounds so hard. And then to specifically be like something that's central enough that people can get to where there's also parking and also like just the layout of it being something that would work for something like this and in like a good way. Yeah. It sounds like that would be tricky to find like exactly. What it, it, it is. It's, it's really tricky. And it, it took me a lot of time. And when I, um, you know, I was also really excited about the physical space component, right? Like who doesn't love going in and being able to design a space and build something out? Um, it's, it was one of the pieces that I was like, this is going to be amazing. And then you're quickly kind of like brought down to <laughs> reality. Um, my, my dad is an architect, so that was super helpful in the process okay. that um, but essentially where I started was, um, I just started looking at commercial retail, um, spaces on the South shore. So I basically would drive around, you know, as I was going to pick up my kids or going to run errands, I was just like looking at every single space that was available with a sign in the window. And I was calling them up and I was saying, Hey, I'm interested in a space like this. What, what does this mean? What does it cost? Um, so every, you know, realtors would get back to me and they would, you know, babble out numbers and say like, oh, the space is X amount per square foot with a triple net and da, da, da. And I was like, whoa, 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 <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> so I then had to kind of like learn from, um, a realty world, what all this language meant. Um, I eventually, I found a realtor, I found a couple of realtors that I was kind of working with who were like, listen, let me help you find a space. Um, and they were helpful in just, you know, teaching me what, what all of those things meant when somebody comes back and they tell you it costs this much, 
so that, that was helpful there. And it was definitely a major learning curve and a learning experience. Um, when it comes to renting retail space, you know, it's not just the cost per square foot. There's oftentimes, um, a triple net cost, which is, you know, the shared, um, the shared, you know, plowing of the parking spaces, the shared water bills, the share, like all of those components go into an additional price that goes on top of your price per square foot. Um, and then you've also got oftentimes your gas and your electricity and your Wi-Fi, and the numbers add up very quickly. So the spaces that I was originally working, looking at, I, I was like, Oh, Derby street and Hingham and, um, merchants row and Hanover. And I quickly <laughs> was knocked off that ledge. Um, and I was like, there's, there's no way I can afford to be in these spaces as lovely as it would be to be there. And um, I knew that I needed to start lower with where our budgets were at and, uh, being like a very small business and, um, having this be like my own startup. So it was very much a learning experience. And I eventually found a realtor who was a woman who was very willing to kind of, again, work with me on that educational component. And I had to just say to her, like, listen, this is my max and this is what I want. And I wanted big high ceilings, lots of light, open concept, big windows. And she was like, okay, well, this is going to be hard. Um, I, I swear I looked at every available retail space on the floor and it took, you know, over a year. Um, and then we'll throw, we'll throw, um, COVID into the mix and it was even longer. So basically I, it was just a, a, a test of patience and timing really. And I will often say like that when it comes to retail and space, it's, it's going to come down to timing and, um, push back, you know, don't be afraid to tell them that you can't afford X and, and barter, right? Like try to push and work with people, especially when it comes to building out a space too. Um, there's also the cost of, of the build out that you have to be super aware of. And then I additionally knew there was going to be a cost of furniture. So we had worked all of this out into what we call a pro forma. Um, so we kind of knew all the things that were coming and we had kind of budgeted for all of it. So when I was in that realty phase, I had a pretty good sense of like my max and where that was going to be. Yeah. That's, that's hard though. When you're like looking at stuff and it's like, Oh, but this might be perfect. But, but is it perfect yeah. if I then can't like afford to buy the furniture or like do the build out or anything? Like totally. it's, you got to stick yeah. to that reality. We were thinking about so many things and, and just in terms of access um, and location and drivability. And, you know, I wanted to be in a place where we would be accessible by not just one town, but many people coming from all over. Um, I wanted it to feel walkable and like it was part of a neighborhood. So there was a lot of things on the checklist that we had to really think hard about. Um, but you know, <laughs> patience, I, I, I feel like it's probably very similar to when you're buying a home, right? you have to try really hard not to fall in love with it and get disappointed because you can so easily just get disappointed over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, but I had faith that, you know, the right space would come along when it was time and it did. So, yeah. And you still, you feel that way. You were like, this is, this is it. Like when, when that one came came around, you were like, this is the yeah. space we need. It's perfect. Yeah. It's funny. Cause I actually, um, I had driven by it so many times and the space, that we're in now was on the market for a while. Um, but then I drove by this one time and I noticed this new sign had gone up and I didn't call the number right away. Um, I don't know why, but you know, eventually I saw it and I just kind of kept driving by it and being like, you know, maybe this could work. Um, and then I called up my realtor and I was like, I want to look at this space. We set a date. Uh, she got in contact with the owner and we went down and we walked out of that meeting and I was like, this is, this is the space. This wow. is it. And she, she walked out of that meeting basically being like, this is literally everything on your checklist. Like, wow. I don't, where, where did this come from? Like, it, she was like baffled. And I was like, I knew it was going to happen. I knew it was out there somewhere. So it just kind of worked. Um, and I will say like our landlord is, has been incredible and, um, you know, usually they don't let you talk to the <laughs> landlord too. That's one thing that is really tough in realty. Like 
when you're a small business, um, you, you know, you oftentimes have to hand over a business plan, but you don't really get that FaceTime and that conversation time to explain and have a conversation about it. So you're, you're kind of like doing these transactions and the realtors is negotiating for you. And in this instance, when we walked in for that meeting, the owner was there. So it was really a moment for me to pitch this idea and say like, Hey, I know I'm brand new. I don't have anything to lean on. I don't have any experience to lean on, but here's my vision and here's what I'm doing to make it work. And at that point I was already building out a wait list. I was already online. I had already started the question. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll let you ask it then and we can dive into that. (laughs) No. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, like that all sounds like there's so much that obviously that goes into it. I was going to, I was, that was what I was wondering was like, were you able to start like building up excitement to the people and start like getting people to sign on and be committing before you were able to fully open the doors? You had a sense of like, okay, at least I know when the doors open, I have (laughs) some revenue coming in right away or, or, and also what that's looked like since then. Like, did you have once people I'm sure there's like a certain, group of people who were like, yes, I want to do this, sign me up and I'll wait, you know, three or six months for it to open. And then there's probably a group of people who, as soon as the doors open that first day, they're like, oh wait, this is really cool. I want to be a part of it. And then start signing (laughs) up and they kind of wait until they see it. But yeah, what has, what did that look like? And how did you make sure people were going to sign up? I'll tell you, it's, it's really hard. And I think it, it took a lot of like blind optimism <laughs> um, and looking back, I'm like, wow, that was bold. Um, but you know, again, I had, I had this coworking community to lean on and everyone was like, listen, you can't just, it's not, if you build it, they will come like that. You've got to market yourself. You've got to get the word out. You've got to be talking about this. Like as you're building out, um, you can't just like be doing this behind the scenes and then boom, doors are open. Like no one, it takes time to build that community. Um, so my, and, and again, all this was happening as COVID was happening. Was it? I feel like I thought you had, I was thinking you had opened before yeah. COVID, but oh my gosh. No. Well, so we, so we had, I actually had a lease in my hands, literally signed and ready to be like physically turned in. Um, with a different space and it was a space in downtown Stuttgart Harbor. Um, and it was the week that everything shut down. So that is why I didn't turn it in is because the world closed. Um, and then of course we just never, we just never turned it in because we were like, Oh my gosh, we can't, can't open (laughs) when the world is closed and we can't open a space. So it was a little heartbreaking. Um, but again, you know, I just kind of like trusted how, what was happening. Everyone was in shock at what was happening. And I was like, all right, if this is gonna, we're lucky that we hadn't signed it a week prior and we're now needed to open in two months during the Mm -hmm. worst, you know, an unknown pandemic that no one had dealt with before. So, um, fast forward, I, at that point was like, you know, I've got, I can't go backwards now. Like we had a website, we had all these things into play. We had money on the line. Um, and so I basically was like, I'm just going to work my butt off at building this community and trying in the best way possible to relay what it was going to feel like and be like without having a physical space to show yet, which was not easy. Um, so actually I hired a local photographer, Megan Kubash, and I said, I need you to come to my home and I need to do a photo shoot that is going to emulate the co-working space that we are going to have someday. The feeling <laughs> of the space. The feeling, the spirit. Um, and so I have this like one wall in my house that is shiplapped and I, we just took everything off of that wall mm-hmm. and we staged some chairs, we staged some desks and we just made it happen. And I oh, had my, my sister-in-law come over like during a pandemic. So like Megan had her mask on. Um, and we would take ours down. We were taking the pictures, but my sister-in-law came over and modeled for me. And I sat in some photos and, and that was our first photo shoot was just wow. like in my li- my living room. <laughs> That's such a good idea though. Like, I mean, you know, so many people would be like, well, I don't have a space, so I can't possibly do a photo shoot, but that's such a good point that like you needed to give, you could still give people like the idea and the feeling of what it was yeah. going to be like and get people and excited I, about this. I also knew like how important imagery was for a website because it's, right, with your I, that's what I do. I'm in branding. And, um, I also 
I didn't want to be populating my website with stock photography that felt disconnected. Um, so we, we were able to do it. Megan was incredible. And, you know, I had, I got some merchant, not merchandise. I got, um, some branding components made and some business cards and, and things that started to pull physical things together so that she could take pictures of that too, and put that on the site. Um, so it worked well and we were able to really like get the website feeling robust and filled with all of the information. Um, and then during that process, I also created our podcast. Um, it's the collective co podcast. And I like, we have a very similar vibe where we interview local women in small business and ask them how they got started. How did they do it? How did they get to where they are today? Um, and that actually came about because I was asking many women and reaching out to women separately at the very start of my idea thinking, right? Um, I was having these conversations anyways, and I was reaching out to women that some that I knew, some that I didn't know and being like, listen, I really admire what you're doing. I'm trying to start something. Would you talk to me? Um, and just like, give me any advice, any suggestions. And I talked to women who were in retail space in commercial space, um, and not, and just, they were all so incredible, um, in giving me information and sharing what they, their knowledge that I was like, man, this would be a great podcast. <laughs> You're like, I want to share this too. with other people so they can also learn from yeah. these conversations. It's like exactly, exactly. where this podcast <laughs> came from. Right. Yeah. And it's so needed. And, and I think, um, like for me, the difference between listening to, uh, a podcast from, someone who's like super well-known and you really admire has written books and is famous. is like, there's almost a disconnect there where you're like, well, I could never do that because it's like, you're so far behind in the process. So there was a, such a truth and reality to these conversations that were being had. Um, and I, I think there's just so much value in, in like the actual ins and outs of someone just like me being able to do and do something and accomplish incredible things. So that was where the podcast started. And I will say, I think that that was a, a really big part of me being able to build the community. Um, so while we were getting our website built, doing photo shoots and, and getting everything up and doing the podcast, that was a really great way for me to just early on start marketing what we were offering and teasing out that this was going to be a reality soon. Um, and so I got a wait list going. So that was kind of a big push was just building an email list and getting people on a wait list so that when we did come time to launch that, um, we actually had people who were really interested. And when I was building the wait list, I had everyone filling out a questionnaire. Um, we had a lot of education on the website about like what it meant to co-work, what our membership types were going to look like. Um, and then when people signed up for that wait list, they filled out a questionnaire that said like, I'm interested in this type of membership or a desk or a private office. Um, and we had a wait list of over a hundred people, which was incredible wow. by the time we launched. And so I was able to basically, we did an early launch in April, um, a year ago now, which is crazy. And then we opened, um, to the public in May. So that early launch was me reaching out to the wait list and signing appointments up for people to come in and see the space for the first time when it was empty. Um, we had all of our furniture. We had just finished building out, but we didn't have anyone in it yet. So I was like, come in, take a look at the space and get a feel for what it's actually like. Um, and then of course we, we teased the build out process too a little bit, which was fun. Okay, we're gonna take a quick break because I wanted to share about how helpful Thinkific is for turning your expertise into revenue with online courses. If you've been thinking about starting an online course as an extra stream of income, this is a great platform to do it on. Thinkific allows you to create, market, and sell your expertise with a single platform that gives you total control of your brand and your business. If you've been through my DIY PR bootcamp or you've heard me talking about it before, then you've seen it in action. That is what we use to house that bootcamp. 
and I've been using it for years. Um, I love using Thinkific for our online courses because it allows its users to quickly create professional learning products in a user-friendly course builder. No coding or technical expertise required. It's so easy and simple. And you also have complete control over every aspect of the course site to align to your business needs and your branding. It can look like it's part of your website. The best part is that you control the pricing and you keep all your revenue. There's no hidden fees. Um, if you check out today's show notes, I will share more information on getting started with Thinkific and a link for how you can take a look at it. And um, I highly recommend that if you've been considering creating an online course, you take the leap, give it a try, check it out, see how you can start building out that, that extra revenue today. Did you, do you feel like most of the people on the waitlist ended up actually signing up or like, what did, what did that look like once yeah. it was? Yeah, we, we had a, a, like, and you never know, right? You're, you're just like, please join what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, like, I think you'll get, you'll have, there's like, we have so much value to offer. And it was like, how do you, how do you let people see that? Um, and I think when people walked into the space and, and even to this day, like when people come in, they're like, wow, it's so nice in here. And I worked really hard at making it, um, ha making sure that the space had all the things that you need when you're trying to be productive and work. Um, but also I wanted it to feel like you were still kind of at home, right? Like I want you to just be comfortable. I want there to be good music playing. I want it to smell amazing. Like, so all of those little details and things were very intentional. And, and I think that that rings true when people do walk in the door they're like yeah. it's just so nice and it feels so good and it's so pretty yeah. like you know I mean, the furniture it, it goes a long way that it really all looks so nice it's like a space that you just want to like spend time in yeah and I, I we also tried to make it feel like a space that anyone could enjoy and I didn't want it to like lean too far in one direction or you know if you have a completely different style or aesthetic like you would still just feel comfortable there um so I think that really helped when people were walking in the door for the first time and um and they were really like anyone who came in off of that wait list they were literally setting an appointment it was just me like it was just me sitting there in the space with them having like a conversation like this and being like how how, how are you like I'm I'm so thrilled that you're here you know I was just in a spot where I was like so humbled to be able to have anyone walk in the door and believe in what I was doing. And, um, I remember like one of the first people that I showed an office to was Courtney of clandestine kitchen. And she was like, I think the first person to actually sign up and be like, I'm going to give you money. Oh, wow. And I was just like, I mean, I'm sure looking back, she was like, Oh, this girl has no idea what she's doing. Like, but I'm going to believe in her. And like, that was the moment that I was like, oh my God, this is real. Like I, I can do this. Like someone is, is handing me a card and saying, I believe in this. Um, and she's just been such a big cheerleader for us through and through. But, um, it's so funny just thinking back to those early conversations and just sitting at a table with someone and saying like, what do you do? What do you do for work? How, where do you live? Um, like, what do you, what are you looking for in this space? And every single one of those conversations that I was having, I was listening and taking notes and just making sure that what people were looking for and asking for, I could deliver on. So if they mentioned something in that one-on-one -on -one and we didn't have it, or it wasn't something we were planning or in the works, I was like, we got to go get this. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's kind of how I feel now too. It's like, if, if a member or someone comes to me and they're like, uh, oh, I'm like, if I'm a little cold in the space, I'm like, I'm going to go get a space heater. Like I will do whatever it takes to make sure that our members are comfortable and, um, and feel like they have everything they need, because that's the whole point, right? You want to come in, you want to just be able to get your work done, talk and make connections, um, and not think about the little things. So. Yeah. Well, and I feel like that's one of the things that like, I can tell you're really good at is, making sure that people like feel really comfortable and, and like not just like physically but just in general like I think that I feel like in, in whether it's in just the people that you've attracted or the way that you've created the space and the people that want to be there like it just feels so comfortable and like supportive and things like that and I just imagine that 
the people who work there must, it's like you get such a built-in community just by being a part of it. And it's like the kind of people who want to be supporting each other and want to probably like, you know, chat through something if somebody wants to talk or things like that. And I don't know, like how intentional have you been with like creating the actual community inside this space or how much do you feel like that just kind of came naturally because of the kind of people that you like attracted to yeah. them? I mean, it's incredible. And I, I say this to Kendra, our community manager all the time, just like, I feel so lucky at the women who are in our space. Um, I'm just, I'm like baffled every day at how we've been able to attract. And like, I don't know how or why they've all found us, but everyone is just so incredible, um, just as human beings themselves. And we've had some of the most honest and open conversations about motherhood and life and divorce and business. And, um, it's, it's all just happening in the space. Uh, you know, it's like the water cooler chat, right. That, That many people talk about, um, but sometimes you're in a space and it's like those conversations aren't natural, right? Or it's like yeah. the people who yeah. are there are not the people you want to be talking about that stuff yeah. with. And I feel like that's something that makes it so like, it's like, yes, you're signing up because you need a co-working space and you need somewhere to get work yeah. done. But also you're getting this like sense of community that I feel like, especially yeah. as like probably mostly solo business owners yeah. or solo workers, like that can go so far and be such a special thing. And you're getting that by just having, I mean, I, I think part of it, and it's a fine line too, because, you know, as a, as a coworking manager, like as a space manager or an, and an owner and someone who's in the space most days. Um, and I talk about this with Kendra a lot too, you know, people there's, it's very personality driven, right? Some people who come in are like, I just need a space to get work done. And they might be a little less interested in the community aspect. And that's totally fine. Like that's what we're here for. Mm -hmm. And then other people who come in are all about the community and they're going to come to every single event that we put on and, you know, answer, respond to every single email and be, you know, very active in our Slack group and things like that. And for me, it took me a little while to kind of realize like not everyone is going to enjoy the space and the community in the same ways, but that's totally fine. And it's, it's the same reason that we have like multiple membership options and that not everyone is going to want to be there full time. Not everyone is going to, you know, some people really just need to come in once a week and that's totally fine. As like, I want to make sure we're catering to like every personality and not pushing people to do things they're uncomfortable with or, you know, be involved in ways that they don't need to be. That's a good point. It's not like you need to be upselling them to a full-time membership or trying to make sure you have like a certain percentage of participation in events. Like if somebody doesn't want to do that kind of stuff, it's like, you can just be an office for them. Like, yeah, that's a good point. And it's been, that was a learning experience for sure. Because especially when you're my, my whole mission and, and, you know, um, the, you know, dream behind it was built around this, this aspect of community that I was craving and wanted and and knew that women needed. And, you know, I think the pandemic certainly pushed that forward, but also when we were coming in, you know, when we first opened our doors for many people, it was their first interaction outside of the pandemic and leaving their home. For me, it certainly was too. You know, I was building this thing, doing this thing. I had been we were very careful around COVID in my family, um, wearing our masks everywhere, doing everything that we possibly could to stay safe. And I was like, I also need to make sure that I am making sure our space is as safe as it can possibly be. And, and it was, it took time, I think, for all of us to kind of warm up to being with people again. And, Um, and now it just feels like very natural and everyone's kind of back into the groove. Even when we've had our COVID spikes, like everyone is more than happy to put a mask on. Uh, we treat it like a restaurant in, in the, you know, when we had the more recent COVID spike, we, everyone was like, I'll put my mask on when I come to my seat, I can take it down, especially for zoom calls and things like that. Um, we have a vaccination policy where we ask our members to be vaccinated and provide proof of vaccination or to wear a mask in the space. So, um, that has since obviously we've taken that down, but I think, 
you know, it all kind of came into play in those moments, especially in those early moments of um, meeting people for the first time and having conversations. But it really, you know, I'm also an introvert, <laughs> which uh, not a lot of people know. I guess I'm like an introverted extrovert. Like once I get to know people and feel comfortable, I'm like very chatty, but um, I'm the same thing. Any... I think I say extroverted yeah. introvert. I don't know if there's, I don't know if that's the same thing or if that's different, but I think that's what I'm saying. Like, I really, yeah, I I totally know what you mean. I'm like, I don't love being around people usually, but like you wouldn't be able to tell because in situations where I want to be around people, I like love it and I'm so like built up by it. And then if I like go to an event, I'm like exhausted for the whole next day or something like so drained from it. But in the moment I like loved it. So I, I know what you mean, but. Well, I was, I was almost a little nervous about that. Um, in the beginning too, because, you know, my husband knew this and it's the same thing, take me to an event and I will go home and just be like, don't talk to me. (laughs) But, um, so then here I am starting a co-working space built around community and, you know, part of it too, for us is like hosting events and doing all these things. So I, I do have to be very kind of like aware and careful of my own boundaries in terms of how much I can give, but being in the space on a daily basis is not in the least bit draining. It's, the complete opposite, um, just because of the environment we've created. It's, it's, you know, everyone who comes in and has a day of co-working in their first day, they leave and they're like, that was literally the most productive day I've had recently, which to me is like what it's all about. Um, and then the bonus is if you, um, you know, made a connection that day, or we had a fun conversation and, um, you know, there's always chit chat, happening in the space. And there are some days where it's like heads are down and we're just getting down to work and everybody's doing stuff. And then there's other days where we're like, who wants a glass of wine? (laughs) It just depends on the day, um, and who's there and, and what people need and want. So we kind of just go off of the vibe and, and go with the flow. I love that. And I, and I mean, I don't want to take more time talking about it, but I love that you, like you have like all the little different just as you said, like everything people need, like you have like a kitchen there and you can like have food, like from the same, that's the same person that you said was the first person to sign on, right? The clandestine kitchen, like pre-made food that you don't even have to worry about bringing your lunch and like things like that, that just seem like such great, like extra things that just, it's just like making your life easier, right? To have this space. It's nice. It's again, like I think the location too, and just, um, you know, there's, uh, there's Cersei's, sandwich shop down the street, board one, four, three is across the street. Dribbles is across the street. They have, um, wraps and sandwiches and salads and there's, you know, good options, which is really nice. Yeah, no, I, I think I feel like that for me, like the thing I would be most excited by is like just that sense of community and being around other people, like while you're working, I feel like that's Mm -hmm. so special. And I love, I love how you've been able to build that. So I think that's so cool. And, um, I guess I always want to ask people what's one, is there one thing that you wish you had known more about when you first started, like anything that would have been easier or made life better? So much. I mean, so much, I think everything is such a learning experience. Um, And what's interesting to me is every single, every single woman that I've spoken to who is an entrepreneur and building something or owning a business, um, is, has said, I feel like I'm making it up as I go. And, um, I think I wish I had known that earlier on that that sense of imposter syndrome is normal, like totally normal. And it's never going to completely go away. Um, we're launching a big, um, collect, we're calling it camp collective. We're launching a big camping, uh, summer day event that's happening in May, uh, just launched this morning to our members and it's launching on Monday to the general public. And I still have imposter syndrome about, is anybody going to come? Like it's, it's never going to go away. You know, I've built a community, we have members, we have, um, our, you know, social media and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's, it's scary putting things out in the world, having money on the line and, and just not knowing, like, you just never know. You never know. Is it going to be popular? Are people going to like it? Did I do this right? And, um, I think that that is totally normal. And I wish I had known that earlier. And it's something that I still work on every single day in my life and my business is just, um, you know, finding that belief in, in yourself and the work that you're doing and the passion that you put into it. 
Yeah, I, I hear that's the same thing. I feel like we're always saying that too. People always yeah. say that on here also. Like, I nobody knows what they're doing. Nobody knows what they're doing when they start. And even when you've been doing it for years and years or have already even yeah. like run a successful business, like every single one is different and it's always gonna it always yeah. feels brand new. Like every stage of the way feels brand new. Anytime you launch your business, even if you've had one before, it's like brand new and you never really know yeah. like what you're doing in that moment and it's just like okay but what's the next step that I have to figure out right. in order to figure out how to move forward and yeah I, steps right yeah. In Google. <laughs> yes exactly yeah I said that on this podcast yeah. like I just googled it all <laughs> like really and there's nothing wrong with that and I think no, absolutely I also, that's like what's so incredible too about this online world that we live in in terms of like education um there is so much education out there nowadays from other business owners, um, you know, universities, there's memberships that you can join. And I think that is, it's such a value to also feel like as a small business owner, you know, there's no university that's like, we're the small business university. Maybe there is. Um, but I don't know. I've never looked for that before, but there is just so much free education and, you know, paid education. Um, and again, I think finding your niche and surrounding yourself with that community of people who are doing the same things and also being willing to share. Um, I've always kind of, I would say not always in my thirties and now going on 40, I feel like one of the biggest lessons I've learned is that being willing to share the information that you know with others can only bring more value to you and that person. Um, I don't see myself as a competitor with other co-working spaces. Um, there's a co-working space right up the street from us and I send people there all the time. Oh, really? If, like, if, if we're not going to work for you, this one might. We also have a lot of men who come to us um, and I'll you know, I'll tell them like, I'm not going to push you away. This is the community. This is the vibe. If you feel comfortable here, that's great. If not, there is another co-working space right up the street in Cohasset. Like go check them out. They're amazing too. Um, and I, being I able love, to, way, I love that some of them choose to stay. <laughs> like, just, yeah, they, and they do, we do, they do choose. To I saw stay. a man um, when I came the other week, the other week. Yeah. Week, I noticed there was have a man there and I was like, yeah, I, my, and my husband comes too every once in a while. And you know, we do have a lot of men in this space who just come in for meetings with other people. And that's totally great. Um, you know, listen, men are great too. And I think like they add a completely different aspect and value to conversations as well. Um, but I think just in terms of like collaboration over competition, I know that's a big term that people use, but I truly do believe in that. Um, and just, you know, being able to take what you've learned and have honest conversations with other people about that. Um, and, you know, I talk about, I try to talk about it a lot as well in the regard of like social media and like, you're only seeing the good stuff, but we've had a lot of learning experiences. We've had events where like only two people sign up and we have to cancel it. So, you know, we were talking about that before a little bit, like those, those flips and flops are totally normal. And I think just like normalizing that within our own conversations is really important too. Um, not everything you do is going to be a win. And uh, that's like the truth of entrepreneurship. Like it comes in ebbs and flows. So I think just keeping that in mind as a business owner <laughs> is always important to feel like, you know, there's going to be those down moments where you're like, Oh my God, can I pay the bills this month? And then there's going to be those up moments where you're like, all right, we're vibing. This is great. Everything's going good. So. Yeah. Yes. So true. So true. And I love that. That's all such good, like advice. I feel like for everyone who's along in the trenches, um, yeah. <laughs> tell, tell people where they can find you, like how they can listen to your podcast. Cause I know you have a lot of great yeah. conversations. I've been on it. So people can go listen yes. to that episode if they want to yeah. jump in yeah, somewhere. Um, um, and how to, and how to connect with you online personally too. Like if they want to like reach yeah. out or something, cause obviously you've been yeah. so like open to sharing stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Always open to conversations and sharing. Um, I just, the other day I went and got my nails done up the street in Cohasset and I went into, um, one of the little shops in there and I was chatting with the 
girl who owned it. And I was like, we need to talk more because she brick and mortar. So we were just like chatting about our two spaces. So like, let's, let's talk. So I think we're going to hopefully connect soon, but anyone who ever wants to have a conversation, um, you can just email me. It's Rachel, R-A-C-H-A-E-L at the CC um, This is kind of what it's all about. Like I love having these conversations and we try to facilitate that in, in the space too. We have a Monday, uh, it's called our Monday motivation series. It's the first Monday of every month. We have members come in at nine 30 and we do kind of like pastries and snacks in the kitchen. Everybody grabs a coffee and, um, we just kind of connect and chat. And I usually have like a, a motivating inspirational, um, component to it that we all, all collaborate on and, um, but reach out for sure. And then our website is, um, www.theccsouthshore.com. And, uh, on Instagram, we are at the CC South shore and our podcast is linked on our website, on our Instagram page as well. So we've got all, all the things on our website. Um, you can find everything there about membership. And we also put our pricing up on our website. Um, just cause I like to be transparent because, um, I'm always that person that I'm like, I'm researching ahead of time. and like, can I afford this? Oh, great. Let's, let's dive in. So we put it all up there for you to see, um, and there's also, you know, ways to connect and to see what events we have coming up and things like that. So thank you so much for coming on today and sharing all of that. I think that's like so valuable for everyone who, I mean, anybody who might be wanting to open a co-working space or really almost any like yeah. brick and mortar space, anyone who's looking to create community. Um, yeah. I, thank you Definitely. so much. I think this was really thank great. You. So thanks for coming on. Well, today. thanks for having me. I know we talked about uh, you coming, like when you came on the podcast, you were like, you have to come on mine. It's just so fun. I love talking with other podcasters too. It's a fun, we were talking behind the scenes about, you know, all the little things that we have to do for our episodes, but this has been so fun. Thank you. Yeah. I hope everyone goes to check out yours, um, <laughs> and lets us know what they, what, like what episode they listened to and, and how it was and what they learned. Cause I, cause I love that. All right. Thank you so much. We'll talk soon. Thanks. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe to Quotable, a female millennial entrepreneur podcast, wherever you listen. So you won't miss the next episode and leave a review on iTunes. So other people will be able to find us easily. Also, don't be shy to get in touch with me or anyone you've heard on the show. We're all about connecting and our Instagram handles and contact links are always in the show notes or online at quotablemediaco.com slash podcast. If you want to join the community of other female millennial entrepreneurs, join our Facebook group by searching female millennial entrepreneurs on Facebook. Talk to you soon and see you there.